Hello everybody, this is Matt Hardman with the Race Nerd Podcast right here on CKCC Radio, where you can find a plethora of programming, whether it's professional wrestling that tickles your fancy, or the spooky scary of the supernatural, or you need some motivation, or you want to get into these tunes, man digging those tunes or you just want to be a straight up nerd and binge stuff there's a little bit of something for everyone um yeah I think that pretty much sums it all up with CKCC radio uh definitely if you have not yet uh check out the nerd table with CKCC founder Chris O'Mealy and his good friend Eric. Uh, props to Eric on getting approved for his home, his new home. Uh, and props to Chris for not having COVID, as we found out in their last episode. Uh, also, they'll be joining very soon. Uh, well, they'll be joined very soon. Let me rephrase that. They'll be joined very soon by Dan Peck of the Club Kayfabe Podcast as that show is in its final two episodes. I really urge you to check them out. Uh, That show, uh, Club Kayfabe, is actually what really inspired me to start this show. And, well, its predecessor, uh, the Politically Incorrect Racing Podcast was the genesis, the inspiration, the perspiration, and we're going to leave any other kind of Asian alone with that because that could go really weird if I kept going. There's some words that you shouldn't say on a podcast. Anyway, they've got a Patreon. Uh, It's, I don't remember what the Patreon is. Crap. I know Chris is going to give me crap when when he listens to this show and puts it up on the network. But I don't remember what the Patreon is. I keep telling you guys it's CKCC Radio, but... I was corrected, and I don't remember what the new one is. Not the new one, but the old one. The the correct one. There we go. Correct one. Sometimes I really need a second second host on here to set me straight. But anyway, all the information that you want about CKCC Radio can be found online at CKCC.com radio on Facebook. Uh, There's also group pages for the Club Kayfabe, uh, Home of True Wrestling Fans, and the Nerd Table. Uh, The Nerd Table one is a lot of fun. Um, If you don't like wrestling, if you like wrestling and you're a wrestling fan, like I am, it's it's something to keep me busy in between race weekends. Um, then the Club Kayfabe group is for you. 
met a lot of great people through there uh, and it is certainly a lot of fun but anyway you know what else is a lot of fun it is a pop quiz nose before we get into this week's show this week's pop quiz nose is which of the following drivers does not have a licensed video game in the United States. Is it Al Unser? Is it Michael Andretti? Is it John Force? Or is it Kyle Petty? Uh, stay tuned, answer at the end of the show. Uh, right now I'm in the mobile studio and we've got a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about with Martinsville uh, being the cutoff race. Uh, who my pick for the NASCAR Cup Series Championship will be. Also, who will it be for the Xfinity and the trucks? Um, but we, we have news that after Phoenix, we will have an, uh, Corey LaJoy will make an announcement on where he will be signing uh, for 2021 uh, as his team Go Fast Racing will be taking a step back going to a part-time season and has already sold their charter to the Joe Falk, um, BJ McLeod, and Matt Tift outfit. Uh, also, we'll um, you know we'll find out more about some of these other rides and some of these other people. You know where they will be going. Um, so we've got a, a lot to look forward to. I mean, we just had the announcement that it is official that. Bubba Wallace will be driving the number 23 Toyota Camry in 2021 for 2311 Racing, the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin owned uh, team, uh, which will be a satellite team to Joe Gibbs Racing. And that we've seen how satellite teams with Joe Gibbs Racing go, but at the same time, this isn't uh, a mom and pop organization getting involved with uh, a major uh, major team like Gibbs. This is, you're talking not only the biggest basketball player of all time, uh, and I'm certainly not referring to LeBron, uh, but you're talking about one of the most marketable athletes of all time. Uh, one of the most recognizable by name athletes of all time. And, and you know, outside, outside of, in the U.S., outside of Babe Ruth, I can't think of a more recognizable uh, athlete. You know, you could ask anybody on the street if they know who Michael Jordan is and they'll be able to tell you. Uh, so that that's going to be something. There's going to be, obviously major sponsors knocking down the door uh, for both just to be a part of Michael Jordan's team and 
Bubba Wallace with everything that's gone on in 2020, um, all of his personal services contracts uh, that have come about and whatnot. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of that. We're going to have a lot of where are a lot of these drivers going as, you know, Daniel Suarez, uh, he'll be on the move. I'm just drawing a blank on where it said that he would be going next year. Um, you know, there's still rumors that Ryan Priest will be out at JTG Racing next year. Um, both of the front row motorsports drivers, uh, John Hunter Nemechek and Michael McDowell are not under contract for 2021. Uh, so there's a lot of pieces still falling into place. But we've got to get through uh, 2021st. And as bizarre as and wild as the beginning of the season has been, uh, we are still dealing with some of that zaniness. Uh, at this late in the season as after we got through all the rain at Texas which had yet to be raced by the last time we recorded you know I tried to wait out the storm on that one uh, but it didn't happen uh, Kyle Busch broke his winless streak that went all the way back to last season I was finally able to break into the win column in the Cup Series and did it in pretty good fashion. Um, certainly playing spoiler to uh, drivers who were trying to clinch their way in to the final round of four. Um, so it was, it was certainly something, but you had... Uh, going into Martinsville, you had drivers like Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott, um, Brad Keselowski, and William, uh, I don't believe it was Wayne Byron, I'm drawing a blank on uh, the fourth driver who were on the outside, and you had drivers like Joey Logano. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick. I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Anyway, you had eight drivers vying for four spots. In essence, three spots, as Hamlin was the only one who clinched their way in uh, with the win a few weeks back. So, we had a little bit of controversy uh, coming out of Martinsville. A lot of people who were in disagreement, a lot of people, a lot of people were in shock over the events that would unfold uh, during the Martinsville race um, to the point where NASCAR had looked into two separate events uh, that happened in the closing laps that had final four implications. Uh, the first involving Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch uh, getting together and spinning out uh, as Harvick was trying to pass Busch 
um, in not quite the nicest of ways, uh, trying to advance one more point over Denny Hamlin. Uh, both drivers would spin. Uh, Harvick would find himself out of the round of four. Um, and why this is big is in a second. As Denny Hamlin, who also would fall below the cut line during the race, would race his way in after the spotter of teammate Eric Jones was told told Jones not to pass the 11 car uh, and stay in the position he was in. Uh, a kind of team orders type thing. Uh, and this was caught by many fans over the scanner of the 20 of the 20 team uh, which helped ensure Denny Hamlin advanced to the next round and had that advantage over Harvick um, and team orders are frowned upon in NASCAR and both of these incidents uh, were certainly enough to make NASCAR look in, you know, and decide whether there would be penalties and whether the penalties would be stiff enough uh, to warrant changing their final four. Uh, we saw this problem back in 2013 at Richmond, uh, which saw at the end of the race saw Jeff Gordon being eliminated, but after further investigation, uh, Michael Waltrip teammates Clint Boyer and Brian Vickers were accused of uh, tampering with the finish of the race. Uh, with Boyer being told to scratch his arm, which was code to spin out to help advance teammate Martin Truex Jr. one position. And Vickers would pit uh, unexpectedly uh, for no reason at all other than to pit, uh, being the only car to do so. Uh, another clear violation, you know, of team orders, uh, which advanced Truex a second position, which was enough to eliminate Gordon after NASCAR caught wind of all this. Michael Waltrip racing was fined. Truex was pulled out of the out of the playoffs. Uh, Ty Norris, uh, the general manager for Michael Waltrip Racing was fine, was hit with an indefinite suspension. The team was fined a ridiculous amount of money. And basically everything from Michael Waltrip spiraled out of control at that race um, as errands and Five Hour Energy, which was the sponsor on Boyer's car and Aaron's uh, rent, that was the sponsor on Vickers' car, would seriously look into um, their sponsorship opportunities with the team going forward. 
but the only sponsor to really pull the trigger and leave the team due to um, a clause in the contract against um, something that would be detrimental to their brand and the race team would be Napa as they would pull their sponsorship which would in essence shut down the Truex's team leading him to go to Furniture Row. We all know what happened after that. Blah, blah, blah. He wins a cup championship. Furniture Row folds. He becomes part of Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, but it was very, very interesting that NASCAR decided not to hold any penalties against uh, the 11 team, the 20 team, or Harvick's team for in this post-race interview, it admitted to spitting out uh, Kyle Busch, although he didn't flat out say, yep, I spun him out. Um, he did say he was trying to knock him out of the way and mis misjudged it. Anyway, but NASCAR found no things, and I think this is the right call as much as I call bullshit on the process, it did what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to heighten the drama uh, for the, the, you know, the penultimate race. Uh, see which drivers will continue on to the, to the final four. See which four will be eliminated. Uh, it certainly lived up to the hype, um, but at what cost? At what cost is the man who won nine races during the season and has been the model of consistency was the regular season points championship, which that and a dollar twenty-five will get you a cup of coffee. Um, it, it, it is ridiculous that to see that um, somebody could get eliminated just like that uh, despite having pretty much a record season uh, in all categories Harvick was the guy all year long and for him to be eliminated like that um, granted he did have a bad race at Texas, which he was able to rebound somewhat from. Uh, rebounded from going two laps down at Martinsville uh, when he would have uh, problems early on in the race, was able to make laps up. But I, this was just, it, it it's kind of ridiculous, but then again, this is the, the playoffs that was created to increase excitement, uh, to keep um, runaway championships like Matt Kenseth had in 2003 from happening. Uh, while Harvick's wasn't, you know, this isn't the first time the driver with the most wins had failed to win the championship. Bill Elliott in 1985 dominated the entire season, million dollar bill, uh, but would come up short against Daryl Waltrip. 
1993 and 1994, Rusty Wallace won an astounding 18 races. That is a quarter of the races run in a two-year stretch. He won a quarter of the races. 43 cars in the field, one car wins a quarter of the fucking races. And yes, I did swear, because this is astounding, but Wallace would not win a championship in either year to go along with his 1989 championship. Uh, Wallace, who by all accounts had the, had the car to beat in 1993, uh, he was the most dominant driver on the circuit until late in the season. Uh, he broke his wrist, I believe it was his wrist, um, after being involved in a wreck at Talladega. And his performance dwindled at that point. Um, 1994 was he was still bad fast, still had the car to beat, still had the team to beat. Um, but I believe that was more... The inconsistencies there were due to the team moving from uh, GM and their Pontiac brand over to running the Ford Thunderbirds in 1994, uh, which really... I think kind of was a double-edged sword as the, the Thunderbirds were a lot stronger of a car than the Pontiac, but at the same time, not only were they not the top Ford car in the camp, uh, as they are now with their relationship with Ford, uh, they are, they at the time were having that learning curve uh, from running Pontiacs and moving over to the the Blue Oval brand. So I think that that had a hand in it, but there's been other cases, whether it's been um, David Pearson um, in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, Richard Petty won an astounding number of races but failed to clinch a championship um, Jeff Gordon 1996 uh, had his best season up until that point and he had just come off the 1995 championship but inconsistency snuck in and teammate Terry Labonte reestablished his career that year by winning his second cup championship so these things happen and and I get it you know I'm not salty that Harvick was eliminated um, because it was just bad luck you know you the last two races were bad luck unfortunately it's a shitty draw and I think the point system needs a little bit of tweaking uh, especially now where you know you've established that you want the excitement, but at the same time that you just kind of, there really is no need for this anymore as the whole playoff system 
uh, was in response to uh, Nextel wanting NASCAR to update their identity. And it just happened to come at the same time that Matt Kenseth uh, pretty much stomped the field on consistency in 2003 on his way to a cup championship. But anyway, going into the round of four, we have teammates of Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski of Penske Racing. Uh, we also have Chase Elliott, uh, the lone Chevrolet in the final four of Hendrick Motorsports. And Denny Hamlin, the who out of all four, uh, has been the most consistent all year long. Uh, him and Logano. Um, Logano wasn't able to roll off half as many wins as Hamlin, but damn. Yeah. Hamlin. Remember, this uh, Hamlin was the guy who won the Daytona 500 earlier this year um, in what seems like decades ago. Uh, he was able to pull off that third Daytona 500, and he's put together quite a decent season. Um, but I, if, if I was a betting man, I would say it was... The Penske cars are going to be hard to beat. I, I know that there's a huge groundswell for Chase Elliott to win that championship um, as he's kind of become, it's kind of taken that Dale Jr. role, you know, or, or, or mantle for these fans. Uh, a lot of Dale Jr. fans had migrated to picking Chase as their favorite driver. Um, Obviously, you have two former champions in Logano and Keselowski. And then you have Denny Hamlin. Uh, and my gut is it's going to go with a Penske driver, probably Logano. But if you held a gun to my head, you know, since I have no dog in the fight, and, and I've been quite vocal about why I don't I have not real high opinions of any of the four drivers if you had to put a gun to my head and say who do you want to win the championship uh, my money and my gut would be on Denny Hamlin and the reason why it would be on Denny Hamlin while teammates at Penske are battling it out. You you know the strength is in numbers, um, and much the same in Chase Elliott's case. You have for Hamlin, you have Toyota, and for Chevrolet, you have Elliott, where they can put all their eggs in one basket, all their resources to help them get their driver to that next level um, but with with that I think the difference between Hamlin 
and Elliot is experience. Hamlin's been in these situations before, um, hasn't walked away with a championship, but certainly has developed and knows what to expect in a high pressure situation like that. Uh, Elliot does in some aspects as a former Xfinity Series champion, um, but I think with this much pressure, and, and, and not only that, when it comes to, when it comes to big time game day, I would put my money on Hamlin because Hamlin's got a track record of holding up in big pressure situations. I mean, the guy has three Daytona 500 wearings. You can't, that doesn't happen overnight. Three rings. And yeah, and, and to be honest, after everything he's gone through in his career, um, he's he's the longest tenured driver at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, he was the guy who I thought would have been in and out, and he's been loyal to Joe Gibbs, loyal to Toyota. Um, at times, has been the overlooked driver at Joe Gibbs Racing uh, with the with the drivers like uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Carl Edwards, obviously Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth. He's been the guy that's been overlooked. And, you know, sometimes he'll be like the third driver down on the totem pole um, at Joe Gibbs. And he's, he's still gone through, still done that, still uh, yeah, as much as I, I bash them, uh, I gotta respect uh, FedEx. Uh, they have stuck with Denny and the team through thick and thin, through their lean years, through their championship caliber years, through their Daytona 500 wins. This is a team and a driver that far and away should have been rewarded with a title by now. Um, so I really do hope that uh, as I said, Logano and Keselowski already have championships in their back pocket. Um, I certainly would not sleep on Logano because he is out of the out of the four. I think he is the strongest case to make a a serious run at Logano and at Hamlin and Elliott to win that championship. Um, Keselowski kind of flew under the wire all season. Uh, I'm very surprised that he was able to make his way into the final four and beat out Harvick. Um, and when it comes to Elliott, the kid's time is coming. Um, I, I, I'm past the fact that I didn't, I thought the kid was overhyped. He's actually delivered. He's actually been good and I think he'll be better than his father million dollar bill but at the same time I don't think he is there yet um, will he ever get to that point will he be one of the greatest of all time has yet to be determined but I think that this is going to be 
uh, Hamlin's uh, championship hurrah, which, you know, after everything, you know, hey, he deserves it. And it would be one hell of a way to kick out, kick 2020 to the door is with Denny Hamlin finally winning that championship and no longer being the best driver to never win a title, um, you know, which for many years was Mark Martin. And unlike Martin, you know, Hamlin's done this his entire career for one team. So it would be really nice to see that uh, rewarded. But anyway, we got an answer to this week's trivia question, which of the following has never had a video game based on them as a American um, video game, whether it was Alan or Jr., Michael Andretti, John Force, or Kyle Petty. The answer is John Force, as Alan or Jr. and Michael Andretti have had IndyCar games released in the past. Uh, Unser's was on Nintendo, I believe Andretti's was Nintendo or Genesis. And Kyle Petty actually had the game Kyle Petty's No Fear Racing, which came out on Super Nintendo in the mid-90s, back when No Fear was a big cultural thing, uh, right along with uh, starter jackets and Stussy hats. Um, well, maybe before Stussy hats, but uh, Kyle Petty and No Fear had, had their game. Uh, other drivers who have had video games uh, with their licensing, uh, obviously Bill Elliott with Bill Elliott's NASCAR Challenge. Uh, Jeff Gordon has had a game. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Um, trying to, Tony Stewart's got a couple. So yeah, um, you know they, there's games for pretty much any driver. Uh, surprisingly, Dale Jr. has never had one. But next week we will talk the championship. Then we'll have some news about um, the postseason and what will be happening with that. So until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at the track.